0: What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're presented to you by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, Winbet has, has what you need to win. Sign up today, and you bet $100, you're going to get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, back to us, that's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. State restrictions apply. All right, Brad, we are at the final game for the most part for Fantasy Football Championships. There are that 1% of Week 18ers out there. We'll be here next week to be able to, to you know, walk you guys through it. But uh, this is it, man. This season went by super quick. Learned yes, a lot. We're going to talk about it these, this offseason. You got
1: any championships? None that are not already decided. I have gotten lucky enough to not have to sweat this game tonight. Uh, There is some money on the line for me tonight in a couple third-place games. Uh, But luckily for me in my championships, I didn't really play a lot of Burrow uh, or uh, Chase or, or Josh Allen or anything like that. So I don't have to worry about this big game tonight. Uh, I do have an empire league that could potentially be shut down. Uh, Joe burrow alone gives him 35 points in a super flex league. Uh, It is six point passing touchdown also. So it's definitely a possibility there. Uh, Keeping my fingers crossed. That's not the case though.
0: Well, I'll be sweating tonight's game out in a couple. Let's uh, let's get into it. We're going to talk about 2022 rookies. It's the end of the season for most of us. And so um, it's time to evaluate those rosters. It's time, time to start looking forward to the startups, looking at some trades. Um, yeah, I put a, an article out today, running back to need to move on from, and of course everybody on Reddit hates it because you, you're not, you can't move on from Austin Eckler. You can't move on from Derrick Henry. And this is why you can still trade those guys. Cause there's guys out there that think it's ludicrous that Austin Eckler is going to hit an age cliff at some time this lifetime. Okay. I mean, people said the same thing about Evan Kamara because he didn't have a lot of usage. He sucked this year. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get straight into it. Let's talk about these rookies. And uh, I took the 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 one. This is a twelve team, uh, twelve team. We're gonna just back and forth. Brad and I don't have teams. We're just gonna back and forth the picks here. And uh, let's go with the the one hundred one. And for me, the one hundred one is still the same guy. And some people took Drake London. Some people went with receiver. Brees Hall, for me, in a position where it's really hard to find value, he is a stud. And we've seen Zonovan Knight look good in this offense, but he's not Brees Hall. Michael Carter is an afterthought after Bam Knight. Brees Hall had an ACL injury. It's not, not great, but it's not the end of the world. And so we've seen guys like Saquon Barkley come back. We've seen running backs in the past come back from ACL injuries. I'm not concerned. He's just 21 years old. He'll be 22 next year. Um, not any other damage reported. And uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Brees Hall. I like the way he's using the passing game on top of his running his rushing upside. Um, so give me
1: Brees Hall at the 101. Yeah, the 102 is one of those situations similar to the rookie draft in 2022. You saw a lot of wide receivers go here. I am going to stick with the running back position. However, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker, running back for the Seattle Seahawks. And it's pretty clear this dude is the real deal. Oh, no, what's happening? Uh, (laughs) uh, It's it's going crazy. Yeah. If we can get it lost, maybe. Oh, man, we, I thought we worked through this, too, man. I thought we, we did. We did. Yeah, but no, so Kenneth Walker, to me, makes a lot of sense here. He came in, there was questions around his utilization with – Rashad Penny there. Rashad Penny goes down, and we saw him explode onto the scene. He's got over 900 rushing yards in his in his shorter, shortened season, uh, and he's averaging almost five yards a carry in that Pete Carroll offense. I really like how he looks right now, and right now, all of these top-end receivers have a little bit of volatility to me when you think about the quarterback situation and the coaching situations in a lot of these places. So I'm going to stick with the sure thing that I see right now. And that's Kenneth Walker, uh, for the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Yeah. We'll see if I get these settings saved again. Um, but yeah, it keeps wanting to, it keeps defaulting to 60 seconds with a with a one minute clock. Um, so no, I, I'm with you on that. And I was going to go with Ken Walker if you did not. Um, but I'll take Garrett Wilson here. Um, Garrett Wilson was my one coming out, and I had him above Drake London at some points of the season. I was a Chris Olave over Garrett Wilson fan. Um, but just looking at the situation, I, I think that he's set up for more success. I know the quarterback just it's undecided in both locations, but I like the coaching staff, I like the system that Garrett Wilson is in, and I like the fact that he's very clearly the number one. Um, I said it all offseason, Elijah Moore is a great receiver, but the Jets do not see him as a one. They did everything they possibly could to replace him or at least get in an alpha. They tried to trade for DK Metcalf. They tried to trade for Debo Samuel. They tried to trade for for, uh, Tyreek Hill. When none of those things worked, they drafted Garrett Wilson with the 10th overall pick. They did not view Elijah Moore as an alpha, as a number one receiver. They, they obviously do with Garrett Wilson. We've seen it with the target share and, uh, he had a very quietly had a very good rookie year. Um, it wasn't Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase, but it was a, a very respectable rookie year, especially with the fact he had three different quarterbacks and one of them is named Zach Wilson.
1: Yep, I love it. All right, so here I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and throw my curveballs early for everybody get them done and out of the way and I'm going to actually take the guy that was ADP 1.08 in Superflex drafts and that is going to be the one and the only quarterback that should be taken in this draft and that is Kenny Pickett, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, the simple fact of the matter is Superflex And he's the only quarterback. None of these other quarterbacks, as well as Brock Purdy, has looked in San Francisco. He's not the long-term starter there. As good as Bailey Zappi looked in the absence of Mac Jones, he's not the starter there. It is clear Desmond Ritter is not the answer. Who knows? Maybe we get to see Matt Corral early next season, or maybe we get to see Sam Howell this week for the Washington Commanders, now that they're out of playoff contention and they know Carson Wentz is not the answer. They know Taylor Heineke is not the answer. But look, Kenny Pickett, I know he hasn't looked great, but the guy can actually move the ball. The offense is actually moving. They're just not putting a lot of points on the board right now, and I don't think that's Kenny Pickett's issue. I think that has more to do with Matt Canada and the play calling than anything. So I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett and the long-term quarterback play here at the 104. I still don't like the volatility of the the wide receivers uh, at this spot right now.
0: Yeah, and... I you know if this was a rankings we, we we've talked about this plenty of times I would not take Pickett here because I just think that you you know you can wait and get him later and he doesn't have the same trade value in a one quarterback league and so my question to you Brad if this was a super flex league how high would Pickett go because four in a one quarterback format. Super this, high?
1: Yeah, this This is as high as I would go in Superflex. I guess that's why I took him here. I'm so used to – I'm so foreign to one quarterback leagues. I'm okay, so you took it out of the Superflex,
0: so we'll just go yeah. that route.
1: So I, I apologize for that. But, yeah, that this would – in a one QB league, I would not be taking him at the 1.04. He would be more of maybe uh, an early second-round pick, maybe two. I wouldn't want to take the 201 most likely because uh, i like some other guys there but you know two or three'll we'll
0: just or go four, with we'll just a with a, a super flex in this one just to make things even um and so with you know with him in a in a two quarterback uh, one quarterback yeah early second round that's that's about where i'd put him as well there's just there's no quarterbacks in this class and so other than Kenny pickett there's not much to talk about um there's no cj Stroud and Bryce young in those kind of situations yep um so we talked about him before. Um, and you know, for me, I'm, I'm going to stick with Chris Olave and I, you know, I had a couple, there's a couple guys I would have went with here, but Chris Olave for me, um, you know, he, he's definitely the number one already on the saints and I trust their offense more than I do the Atlanta Falcons offense. I don't know what's going to happen with that, you know, with that organization. If they go make a head coach change and they bring in an offensive-minded head coach, I will probably change my pick in in that situation. But for me, Chris Olave, the way they used him in the slot and different sides of the field, he he's got a very versatile skill skill set. He's got the route running ability as well as the speed that you're looking for in a receiver that can play all over the field. And we saw him. I mean, he had, he had a couple plays called back. He had a touchdown called, The two touchdowns called back this year. One of them, he caught a touchdown and got concussed in the same play. Um, This guy just came out flying this year. And he's another guy with poor quarterback play on a crappy offense. And so for me, um, you know, we'll probably talk about Drake London more here in a second. So I'll let you take your pick and then we're going to check in with the sponsors.
1: Yeah, actually I'm I'm gonna pivot from Drake London here too. I'm looking at two guys, Drake London and this guy, both of which have quarterback volatility moving forward. So then I take a look at well, what who what coaching staff do I trust the most to be able to put points on the board utilizing the wide receiver? And that's gonna be the Green Bay Packers. And I'm gonna take Christian Watson here at the 1.06. The third wide receiver off the board, look, I love Drake London, I get it, but we've seen how poor performance can look like with him under Arthur Smith, and I just don't know that they're going to move on from Arthur Smith because of what he was, quite frankly, able to do with a team that severely overperformed this season. Uh, was in playoff contention up until a couple weeks ago, To if we're completely honest with ourselves. But Christian Watson to, to me, has shown that he can be that alpha. He can also be that down-the-field guy. They do still have Aaron Rodgers under contract. Whether or not he's the quarterback there or not next season, who knows? I'm sure there's going to be some fiasco there. But I trust Matt LaFleur and that offense way more than I do Arthur Smith and the run-first mindset that he Portrays, uh, so Christian Watson for me is just a hair above Drake
0: London. Yeah, no, I I definitely can get get down with that. Let's check in with the sponsors and then get back to the rest of the draft. Um, we talked about WinBet earlier. It's the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays. Reduced juices on sides and totals for all bowl games. Great. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today, and you receive a special offer, bet $100, you're going to win $100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgallengpodcast.com, WinBet. That's so they know we sent you at sportsgallengpodcast.com, and W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today.
1: Yeah, We are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog, this season, it never ends. And right now, you can play their weekly Battle Royale games or even draft your playoff best ball team, which is a huge amount of fun. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL, if that's your cup of tea. Plus, you can use our promo code of SGPN at UnderdogFantasy.com when you get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN.
0: Yeah, and that offers something sub- sub- to change uh, for for uh, WinBet. Uh, Terms and condition at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you're someone you know is any problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And back to the draft. Um, I'm going to go with take Drake, Drake London here. Uh, and I I got another receiver I'm staring at, that I think you're going to take, but I'm still going to go Drake London here. He's too good of a player to keep dropping down the board. And I do think that they do make a change here soon. It may not be this year, but Arthur Smith is not long for that position. And there's gotta be someone that's going to be able to utilize Drake London better. But if it's Ritter, if it's Arthur Smith, Drake London has been getting quite a few targets with Desmond Ritter. It's been a lot better than with Marcus Mariota. And as Ritter gets more familiar with the offense, as they get more confident in him, you'll be able to see more action and you'll be able to you know see that. Plus the, the offensive line, they have a chance this offseason to make some corrections. Part of the reason they can't pass the ball is they can't block. And so everyone wants all these teams to do all these certain things. At the end of the day, the coaches have to play with the cards they're dealt, and it takes a little while to build an offensive line. And so, if you got an offensive line that can't pass protect, and a, and a quarterback that can't throw the ball deep, you're probably not going to have a downfield passing attack. That's what you know. That that's the problem is they they don't have that. So, getting an offensive line, getting you know, getting a quarterback in place that'll help them out. And we'll see. Desmond Ritter might be the guy next year for them where they're picking right now, they may not be able to get one of those top quarterbacks. And yep. I don't know if they'll be, bring somebody in
1: free agency in the current state of the the team. Yeah, Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. But they could just roll with Marcus Mariota again. He's still under contract. There are some things they could work with there if they wanted to, to try to do so. All right. So I'm going to actually bump another guy up a little bit. Um, for, he, his ADP in the 2022 offseason was the 1.1, 1, 111, uh rookie pick in Superflex, and since we're assuming this is Superflex because my genius uh, brain took Kenny Pickett at 104 there, thinking it was, uh, I'm going to go with a guy that I've seen take over the number two and quite possibly be the favorite target for my pick at the 1.04, and that's going to be George Pickens, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, And I know there's some other players out there. We've seen Jahan Dotson look really well as a top 16, uh, you know, a high first round draft pick in the NFL draft. We saw some good things out of Alec Pierce. Uh, Traylon Burks is still out there. I just really like the swagger, the attitude that George Pickens plays with. I hope that they can keep it at bay, which I've talked a little bit about. I don't know. I'm not quite 100% confident that, Uh, that Coach Tomlin is going to be able to do that. I hope that is the case for George Pickens' sake, but he is – The man, he had a really nice catch again yesterday. We've seen him make some of those spectacular catches, and he's starting to really come in to a very solid rookie season by the grand scheme of things. A guy who started as the number three wide receiver on the depth chart, very likely going to be over 800 yards uh, receiving, which is a very good rookie season by normal standards. So I look for him to build on that and be a really solid option for your fantasy team moving forward.
0: George Pickens is one of those receivers that just you know you see the talent. He's just you know he's he's got to be able to be more consistent with the production. Um, yeah. He makes a highlight every other week. Yeah, yeah um, he does. <laughs> but you know it's uh, the touchdowns are lacking and some of those things. And part of that just comes with the offense. Um, he had Trubisky for half the year, um, but you know I, I do like that pick. And you know to look at the board. Damian Pierce is there, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams. Um, you know there there is some other options here, um, but I'm gonna go with Jamison Williams. Um, he's just got an extra level, um, an extra gear that nobody else has in this class. And yesterday, just you saw him play, and you're just like, all right, this this dude is got he's got speed, and speed kills in the NFL. You're looking at a lot of these offenses. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get the ball in their playmakers' hands. And the guys with speed are the playmakers. And he's not just a playmaker. This guy's a good receiver, comes from Alabama. He's played against good defenses. And he just unfortunately tore his ACL in the championship game. Um, so I think Jameson Williams is gonna be a stud in this league. I do think Jared Goff's probably gonna be the quarterback next year. They will have the opportunity if they want to draft one to to you know to play a year behind Goff, but um in this offense and that role that DJ Chark is in, Jamison Williams is, you know, could take over that role and it's a good one.
1: Yep. I love that call. This is probably too late for him if we're completely honest, right? He's still been, you know, he's been back for what, three or four games now, but he hasn't really done a whole lot. We saw him get a big carry last week. Uh, Or this week, we saw him with a big to one target down the field about four yards, if I remember right, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, he's just the forgotten man right now, very similar to John Mechie, who I'm sure will be taken here uh, you know, sometime in the second round. If I had to guess, uh, I know I'm going to take him if he falls to me in the, the place that I kind of have targeted. So uh, I think that's a great pick at the 109. So here I am sitting at the 110, and I'm looking at what I really see as a pretty significant teardrop. In wide receivers. I think there's one that some people could argue is in that tier with, you know, George Pickens and Jameson Williams and Drake London and maybe that Jahan Dotson, right, could be in that conversation. Uh, We talked about him. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with my number three running back here. And this is probably a little bit of a spicy take. But I think with the situation that the Buffalo Bills find them in, themselves in next season with Devin Singletary as an unrestricted free agent, with Naeem Hines as an unrestricted free agent, James Cook is really going to find himself in by himself in that backfield. And this is a guy who actually leads – all rookie running backs in yards per carry. Right. We saw James Cook as that explosive kind of player in Georgia where we thought, hey, you throw him the ball in space and let him create. He's really showed you that he can do it on the ground as well based on how that Buffalo Bills offense is run. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. That is the explosiveness you're getting out of James Cook. And I now, Obviously, I don't think he's going to stay at six yards per carry when his volume ticks up, but I do think he can be one of those guys – very Austin eckler esh in terms of volume, where he may get 175 carries and 70 targets on the season or something like that when he really starts to come into his own and owns that backfield. We've seen him play over 40% of snaps for the last few weeks, Uh, about four weeks or so. uh, He's been in that 40% snap share range. Uh, And I think the 110 is a really solid spot for James Cook. Uh, So mark him down. Uh, running back for the Buffalo Bills at the 110.
0: Yeah, and I I will be very interested to see what they do in free agency. Every offseason for the last four years, we projected the Bills to go and get a running back in the draft, and they never did. And we know James Cook is not going to be the only running back on the roster. They'll probably have some veteran. We just don't know if it's going to be somebody of, you know, are they going to be someone that's going to be pushing behind him or someone that he's going to be competing with? And uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, There's, there's plenty of guys on the board. You know, I do think Traylon Burks and um, John Dodson are in the conversation with the other guys, but I'm going to go with, with my running back three. And that is Rashad white. Um, So Rashad white, we've seen him with Leonard Fournette Um, the, the Tampa Buccaneers. We don't know what that team's going to look like next year, but I, I think there's a good strong possibility that Leonard Fournette is not on the team next year. He showed up out of shape and he has definitely regressed in his game. And so we're seeing some of the the high volume from the last few years take a wear and tear. Plus the team will save some money by moving out from under that contract and moving on to Rashad White. And I I think if Rashad White gets the lead role or at least gets a a higher than 40% part of the, the offense, that he is going to be a a top 24 running back next year. And I think it's very likely that he gets the 60-40 side of things, um, regardless, um, based on how well he's played.
1: I love that pick. I love that pick. I like him. The only reason I have James Cook a little bit higher is he's been somewhat underwhelming as a runner. This season, his his ceilings really come from or his his floor, I guess you could say his production has really come from the passing volume that he's getting. Uh, He's averaging about three point eight yards per carry. It's not great. Uh, I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have have missed some offensive linemen for almost the entire season, if not the entire season. So there's probably some of that to go with it. Uh, But I'm going to keep this running back streak going. And I'm going to go with the guy that I think is going to have a new quarterback next season. And that that quarterback being a rookie quarterback and this rookie quarterback, the best thing for them is to run the rock, pound the rock, take the pressure off of your rookie quarterback as much as possible. And that is going to be Damian Pierce running back for the Houston Texans. Look, we, I, I marked him two years ago when I was scouting Kadarius Tony, I said, this guy's actually pretty solid. Uh, I did not expect him to come in and do what he did in Houston, but we got pretty excited in the offseason we, when we saw them draft him, and there was really no competition there outside of Rex Burkhead. Uh, so he got all of the volume and looked really, really good as that first and second down guy. I can't take him ahead of White or Cook because he's only a first and second down guy. He's not a gonna he's not gonna be a guy that gives you targets. So in a standard league, maybe I'd bump him up a little bit. But assuming this is a PPR or even a half PPR, I'm gonna stay away from Damian Pierce until after the Rashad White James Cook pair go off. Uh, so I think the 112 is a very solid play for a guy that can give you 100 yards any given week and you throw a touchdown in there, you're looking at a pretty solid uh, running back production.
0: Yeah. And he, I put him in my article, um, you know, Damian Pierce is a guy that if he ends up as the lead guy, you're going to be very happy. Um, I did put him in the article as someone that could be replaced. Um, They're still evaluating the coaching position there. Um, And if the coaching staff has moved out, they could, you know, bring in another back. And they may not bring in another back that's going to be, you know, a a lead guy. They could bring someone in that compliments him as well. Um, I I do like that Pierce pick. Um, And I'm going to go with Traylon Burks. I think he has hung out long enough. Traylon Burks is a guy that I – we see the athleticism. I mean, this guy's scored a bunch of touchdowns this year. He's missed a lot of time. But when he's been on the field, he's been productive. There's just been – there's been some pretty crappy quarterback play. And some inconsistency there. He's played with Malik Willis for a good portion of the season. That's not good. And then when he was healthy, when he was unhealthy, Tannehill was playing quarterback. Then when he got back, Tannehill got hurt. And so we've you know, we've just seen some inconsistencies in his play. Um, plus they've had some other injuries on the offensive line. It's just Tennessee just seems snake bitten right now. But uh I, I do like Traylon Burks, I like his his skill set and being able to see him. Play against NFL corners and bully them is is something that you know you just don't see from some of these other guys, and he's got you know he's got big playability, um. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And at 201, it's just steal.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I feel like the 202 is going to be a steal for this guy. I talked about him earlier when I took that George Pickens pick at the 108, and that's going to be Jahan Dotson, wide receiver for the Washington Commanders. This dude's got seven touchdowns on the season, and he missed five games, something like that, Uh, four or five games. Uh, I hope you listen to us talk about sitting him uh, on the show on Sunday, Uh, you know, before the game started, because he had a rough go at it this week uh, with Carson Wentz back at the helm. But, uh, you know, he's the wide receiver three there with seven touchdowns. Curtis Samuel is likely a candidate they move on from in the offseason. He signed a three-year contract. This is the second year of his deal. They could cut him and save a lot of money from a contractual perspective. They do still have Terry McLaurin to take that alpha coverage. So I think Jahan Dotson is a very big riser in the offseason. He's one of those guys I would be looking to target pre-free agency, pre- Washington Commanders deciding to move on to Curtis Samuel because that's when the hype is really gonna start to build when he officially moves into that wide receiver two position. And I think it to 202 to end up with somebody who can potentially give you double-digit touchdowns in any given year is a solid pick.
0: Yeah, and you know, shout out to this class because they got they got crapped on all offseason for being <laughs> such a yeah, terrible class. Yeah. And I get it, there was You know, Essentially, one tight end you could play, one quarterback you could kind of play. But I'm looking at the board right now. There are three starting running backs still on the board, and I am in the middle of the second round. And they probably were not guys you expected to be starting running backs when you did your drafts back. And and I honestly don't even know which one to take because with this late of draft capital – There is a concern that they can lose their jobs next year, just like Damian Pierce. You know, Rashad White, he didn't get drafted that high. I mean, these guys can lose their jobs because there are some good talented running backs coming out. But these guys could also be starters next year, and you could get steals if you're trading for them now. And so I'm going to go with the guy that really came on strong at the end of the year, and that's Tyler Algier.
1: That's a great pick. That's a great pick. This dude is close to five yards a carry. Uh, I want to say it was 4.8 when I took a look. Yeah, 4.8 yards per carry here. Him and Caleb Huntley, both, they got two rookie running backs that are running for damn near five yards a carry. So they can continue to do what they're doing, address the quarterback position if – if one falls to them or they're comfortable with some of these later quarterbacks uh, and rolling in with them, they can address the defense. They can address the offensive line. They don't have to go get guys. Now don't get me wrong. Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley are not game changing running backs by any shape of the imagination, but, they're pretty damn solid from a, just an NFL game perspective. So I love that pick there. And well, he was let, definitely a guy that I was going to be looking at in the mid to late second as somebody to, to maybe. Well,
0: steal. yesterday we got the question in the Start Sit Show. Yep. Josh Jacobs or Tyler Algier? Yep. And I'll tell you right now, when, when Tyler Algier scored that touchdown, I tightened up. And then when <laughs> Josh Jacobs left after the first play, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you know jacobs came back and had a nice game but you know what algier stood up with the big dogs and if you if you start him over saquon barkley you did well yesterday you started him over over you know a lot of running backs over the last over the fantasy he's a fantasy football playoff hero and i i think that you know that needs to be talked about and so who do you got for the next pick
1: yeah, so, so there's really two guys I'm looking at here. I'm taking a look at Isaiah Pacheco because I really like the explosiveness that he has. And I'm actually looking at Wondell Robinson, the wide receiver for the New York Giants. Uh, we're seeing what the Giants are able to do with two basically dropped guys, guys they picked off of waivers in Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins, and they and Wanda Robinson looked good before he got hurt. So you insert him into that offense. Brian DeBall just knows what he's doing. So it's more a question of certainty to me here. And it's certain to me that Wandale Robinson has a job coming back next year, whereas Isaiah Pacheco may or may not. We don't know what the hell is going on. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still not back off of IR. I don't think he's going to come back and take a bunch of work. But who freaking knows at this point? Jerick McKinnon's getting all kinds of touchdowns in the receiving game. So Isaiah Pacheco is in a very similar situation, it looks like, as Damian Pierce, where he's a first and second down guy, but not going to be the receiving back. So I'm going to go with the sure thing in Wandale Robinson, another Kentucky boy as well. So that may or may not have uh, uh, influenced my decision a little bit there.
0: Yeah, and so I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to switch it up here because we we have a tight end. We we have very few tight ends that you can count on. And so getting a tight end in your Dynasty League is difficult. And so I'm going to take Dolchik, who was the best tight end this year for fantasy purposes. Trey McBride was your number one coming out. And then you saw some, you saw some action out of Daniel Bellinger. You saw some stuff out of you know, Trey McBride scored a touchdown yesterday. You saw um, Jelani Woods show up big time in a couple games. There's been some tight end production, but Dolce looks like he's the real deal and could be a you know a top twelve tight end here as soon as next year.
1: Yeah, I like that pick. Uh I he's personally my tight end too at this point. I just love Chiggy Aconquo. He's done just as much damage in less games played. Uh he has all or games started, we'll say. Uh he's also got a further yards per catch. He he's he's a very explosive player. And to your point, it Trey McBride had a great game last night. Uh, so, or yesterday afternoon. So the tight ends are starting to show up maybe a little bit later in the season. Uh, and to get the, you know, a guy who has that explosion down the field, uh, makes sense mid second round, uh, at the tight end position, which is as scarce as it is right now. So I I, I like that pick. I'm, I'm taking my shot here. Uh, it's mid-second round. There's a wide receiver on the board that I think could be a game changer, just like you talked about um, uh, Jameson Williams being a game changer, and that is going to be my man, John Mechie. From the Houston Texans, I can't let him go past. I said, if he's there at the 206, I'm going to take him. The upside is too high with John Mechie. He's going to go into a situation when he's healthy in Houston where there's nobody else. There's likely they're moving on from Brandon Cooks. Nico Collins' experiment is kind of dead, in my opinion. The tight end position is a mess in Jordan Atkins and or Jordan Aikens and Brevin Jordan. They just don't have anybody. And when he comes back, I think he's going to be peppered with targets from, again, a rookie quarterback that they're going to lean on the run and use John Mechie down the field. So I like John Mechie here, wide receiver for the Houston Texans.
0: Yeah, I, I like the Mechie pick. Um, people forget how good he was. And so he was a guy that I was telling people to just, you know, if someone says, hey, uh, I'm you know I'm looking for players, you know, you want to trade away you know, some of your veteran guys like a Zay Jones or some of these guys and get some draft capital, but everyone doesn't want to give away a pick or you can't find like that perfect trade. Just give me John Mechie and a third and we'll, and we're good. And so he was someone you could just toss into trades and people, you know, some people are concerned about how he's going to come back off of this. It's, you know, this is obviously a major thing, but he's been back with a team practice since November. He's yep. been cleared. He's been in remission for a long time. So um, he should have off, off season to put back, put that weight back on and get back into football shape. And, well, it's um, not
1: the exact same thing, but you can look at, uh, you know, James Conner as a possible case study, right? This guy had cancer when he was at Pitt. He came out of Pitt, went to Pittsburgh, and look at what he—he's had a very long, productive career in the NFL for running back standards. Uh, so I, I see, you know, John Mechie in very similar minds, you know, in a through a very similar lens. So,
0: yeah, and I'm gonna go with Brian Robinson. I, I don't think Ron Rivera is gonna be back. I think Washington pulls the pulls the plug um, Monday tomorrow, actually today. Um, a week from today is Black Monday.
1: Black Monday,
0: and you're yep. gonna see a lot of coaches fired. And I think what we've seen, um, and then yesterday was just you know him not knowing the playoff scenario. I think that's just an epitome of the organization. Does the coach need to know the playoff scenario? No, but somebody's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to feed him information, and someone is supposed to be controlling those conferences. Someone should have gave him a little bit of a heads up. Some yep. note cards yep. said, Hey, you guys, yeah, they're probably going to ask you about playoff scenarios and you can be eliminated if the Packers beat the Vikings, but they're just, you know, they started, you know, started Carson Wentz after paying him all that money trading for Carson Wentz this off season. I um, it was rumored that they were interested in Jimmy G, but they didn't want a player that wasn't ready to go. Um, it's just, they're, they're, they're wasting away a very good defense and it's, it's pretty troublesome. Um, But back to Brian Robinson, the team likes him. And if Rivera is back, Robinson's a starting back and I'm getting him at the 2.07. Very good value. He's, he's not going to get the PPR upside you're looking for, but not every running back is an Austin Eckler. Nick Chubb is a great running back. He barely touches the ball in the receiving game not saying Brian Robinson is him, but it's a scenario where you're looking for a guy that's getting uh, 800 to 1200 yards rushing eight to 10 touchdowns. Yeah. I'm going to take that on my fantasy team as my second or third running back. So um, who do you got here? The next pick.
1: Yeah. I'm going to take the last potential starting running back and quite possibly one of the most explosive running backs out of these guys. And that's Isaiah Pacheco running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked a little bit about him already. Uh, there's some ambiguity there, which is why I can't take him earlier than the mid to late second round because uh, there's no guarantee that he is that guy moving forward, but he's proven that he can be a first and second down guy, and I'm willing to take a shot on that in an offense that is the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i with you on that, and uh, I talked about it. I was you know, seeing him over at the combine, and I thought, man, who is that guy? Yeah. And uh, you know, hearing his story, seeing the story. Um, one thing that you know you want to look at when you look at combine numbers, a really good way to look at the 40 time is their is gonna be their speed score, and what is their 40 relative to their body weight? That's a lot different of a guy that is that is six foot two fifty running a four or five versus a guy that's six foot one eighty running a four, two, like this is totally different. And so he had the number one speed score. Number two is Brees hall. Top 10 on that list was Kenneth Walker. I mean, these, the guys that were on that list, all were guys that you're looking to produce. And so um, what's up, Gary? I'm, I'm a big fan of Pacheco. Um, I get it. He doesn't have the best vision in the world and he's not, you know, Guy's using the pass catching, but we're talking about him as the 6th or 7th running back off the board. and uh, I'm going to pass on my boy Isaiah Spiller. What a disappointment. What a miss. Yeah, And I'm going to go with Alec Pierce. Uh, I think Alec Pierce showed that he is a good receiver. And um, they're obviously going to attack that quarterback position. Um, They're going to look to see if they can try to get Bryce Young or uh, CJ Stroud over there for Indy. Um, It looks like they're going to finally draft a quarterback. And so uh, I'm looking to, you know, looking to see whether we're going to go with this. But Alec Pierce is someone that Reggie Wayne is the receiver coach over there. And he's been doing a good job with Pierce, good job with Pittman. And I think Pierce is the clear cut number two there. We'll see what they do with with Paris Campbell in the offseason.
1: Yep. Yep. Poor Paris Campbell That's my guy. Uh, All right. 210. I'm going to go with my tight end one right now. And that's going to be. Uh, Chiggy Okonkwo tight end for the Tennessee Titans and look like I said earlier in less games played than Greg Dulcich, this guy has turned around and put together less catches but only three less yards in the same number of touchdowns uh, in an offense that's lost Ryan Tannehill for a few games as well he's got some explosiveness he's Really going to be the number two in my opinion from a pass catching perspective behind Traylon Burks, Robert Woods is you know thirty two years old I believe if I don't if I'm not mistaken uh, and I just really like what I've seen from a Conquo and a guy that was undrafted in three round rookie drafts uh, before the season started so I really like what I'm seeing there and I'm going to go with him as the tight end two off the board at two ten.
0: Yeah, you're talking about a guy that you're talking about speed score. So he's the 96th percentile in his 40 yard dash, 92nd percentile for his speed score. Um, burst score and agility weren't as good. Um, catching radius wasn't as good. But he is, I mean, the Titans are, you know, you know, you have your boy. Um, he's got a type. He likes he likes those girls, and he's he's you know, <laughs> left hand brass, right hand for boobs. Um you you know, and the titans they like big, strong running backs and they like fast tight ends. He's not the best blocker. He's not the tallest of the tight ends, but it's John Smith 2.0. And like, they just, they have a type. And so it's going to be interesting with that offense. Now that John Robinson's out of there. I mean, you, you trade AJ Brown and then AJ Brown scores two touchdowns on you on Monday. You get your, you get your slip. (laughs) You gotta go. And so um you're gonna see that this offseason where there's more trades and more action. Ryan Tannehill could be one of those guys that's traded. Um, if they go decide to move on. Um, or you could just, you know, see see him back with them. And uh and he does, you know, he does like the tight end. And in that offense, he's yeah, he basically was the the second or third option on most weeks. Um, you know, for me, I, there's, there's a lot of different players on here and and you could even go lower and it it doesn't let me scroll down too low on this one, but the guys that, you know, are up here as far as ADP, Sky Moore, Isaiah Spiller, yeah. Romeo Dobbs, Trey McBride, Zamir White, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert. These are all like misses (laughs) guys that we drafted higher than they ended up producing. And there's some guys that are very interesting for next year. And so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a quarterback, and I'm I'm gonna shock you,
1: yeah,
0: Brock Purdy. And so Brock Purdy, I mean, what do they do next year? Trey Lance had a second surgery, had to get some um, hardware removed from his um, surgically repaired ankle that was causing
1: irritation. Right, it was not like a planned second surgery. Yeah,
0: it was. Yeah, it was a, not a planned surgery. It's very similar to what happened with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins had to have a second surgery, and it was the same thing. There was something in his in, in his you know in his knee that was causing irritation. They had to go in and take it out, and then he had you know a, a six week recovery. Trey Lance is going to be there for OTAs. Yeah, they're going to have to have a decision. Do I think that they trade Trey Lance and start Brock Purdy? No. Do I think that there's a potential that that Brock Purdy or Trey Lance could be moved? It's in the cards. I mean, there people are, are going to be thirsty for quarterbacks. And Kyle Shanahan, it's I mean, it is just autopilot. You Brad could yep. go in there and throw for 202. <laughs> I mean, it is just a perfect yeah. system. And yep. like, it's copy and paste Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, Nick Mullins, CJ Bethard. I mean, everybody. So like Trey Lance go buy him in your leagues, because I think Trey Lance in that offense is going to offer more than what Brock Purdy can offer in the standpoint of, yes, he can do the, he's got to be able to do the little stuff. he got to do the easy stuff, which is what Brock Purdy is doing. But when Brock Purdy rolls out on a play action pass, there's no threat that he's going to run down the field. And if <laughs> no, Trey Lance no. at 6'3", 230, I mean, this dude is built like Josh Allen. And he comes out of there and a corner, they got to make a business decision whether they want to tackle Trey Lance. And he's just going to get five or 10 yards. Cause they're going to be like, take it,
1: take yep. it. Yep. We'll so, wait until you start to dive. And yeah, then we'll start yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So, you know, it's just different. And then if they, if they do come up and try to tackle him, he's are just going to go and hit Debo Samuel or, or George Kittle that are screaming across the field. So um, I, I, but I do think Purdy is an interesting guy here because of the situation. Trey Lance is a running quarterback. Running quarterbacks get hurt. Like, I love Justin Fields. I love Jalen Hurts, but do you know we got to have concerns about the way they're running the ball and the way they're taking these hits? I mean, Justin Fields takes some nasty hits that anyone that's a dynasty manager of his is killing. Please
1: get up. Please get up. But I saw
0: Brock Purdy there and I had to pick him.
1: I love it. I love it. I look, especially because we
0: decided to change his super flex.
1: Yeah he's done nothing but come in and play good. He's played good. Not just serviceable, right? This this guy, he's QB15 every week. And I should have started him over Kirk Cousins. I I wrote my week 17 sits. I had Kirk Cousins as the quarterback sit for the week in the championship week. Go check it out sportsgamblingpodcast.com uh under the fantasy tab, you'll see it there, proof in the pudding. And then, come Scott Fishball, I said, you know what? There's just too much upside. It's a charity league, right? You're in the top 30. There's 30 players left. You got to go with the upside that Kirk Cousins can bring you. But look, Brock Purdy came out and did it again, 202. It's just like clockwork over and over and over again, right? This dude just does it. He looks good. So, I I love the pick there. Uh, My pick at 212, I might not like this. In two months, when we start to see some things flesh out, do Pete, do do the Kansas City Chiefs keep some players? Do they move on some players? Right? Kansas City Chiefs have Juju Smith-Schuster, one-year deal. They have MVS and a three-year, but really he made a million dollars this year, and then next year he is cuttable, and they save a pretty healthy amount. So they can move on from two of their three receivers. Kadarius, Tony, who knows what's going on with that? I think Sky Moore could have a role to play. He's getting some touches while I'm – it's like 20% of snaps. He's not getting a ton of work, but they don't really need to force him into the game right now. They have some players that can do all of the things that they're trying to do right now, and they can just let Sky Moore develop a little bit. Uh, and I think he's a player that you can look at next season to see a little bit of uptick in snaps and uptick in volume. And at the 212, the upside of playing with Patrick Mahomes, I'll take that every day of the week.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I like that. Um, he looked good. And he's, you know, when he's on the field and Kadarius Tony's on the field and Jerick McKinnon's on the field. Yep. I don't know which one is which. I mean, <laughs> if they weren't wearing numbers, you can't tell. Like, they just all look so freaking twitched up, explosive. Oh, yeah. They're just, like joysticks out there. And so um, if Sky Moore can, you know, if he can develop and, and get more, you know, get more of a relationship with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be good. He's just, he's got, he's got to get some of these other guys out of the way. We don't know what's going to happen with Juju Smith Schuster, Marcus Valdez Scantling, but I think their trade of Kadarius Toney tells me that one of those guys is not going to be there next year. Yep. I'd say probably MVS,
1: um, but. He's not worth the money that he'd be making next time.
0: moore has got too good of draft capital to be, you know, to where he's not going to be using this offense. And we've seen him use more and more as of the past couple of weeks. So sticking with the quarterbacks, uh, Desmond Ritter. He's likely the Atlanta quarterback next year. Um, we could see someone else there, but as of now, it's his gig. And, you know, we talked about super flex. Maybe he should have gone earlier. Um, he's got the rushing ability. He's, he's starting to come along a little bit. He's starting to move the ball. Got his first win yesterday. No, against a banged up Arizona team. But I like the progress that I'm seeing with him and Marcus Mariota was a pretty decent fantasy option. Looked like crap on the field, didn't do much passing, but fantasy football is broken and rushing is just way too valuable. And so you can't ignore a guy like him who has the rushing upside. You saw what Daniel Jones did yesterday. Like these rushing quarterbacks are good for fantasy football. And Desmond Ritter is the next one of the next ones. Who do you got?
1: Yeah, we're in the third round. This is where I'm going to start to take some shots, right? What do Who do I think has some opportunity on the horizon? And there's one in particular running back that could find himself into a starting gig with the Las Vegas Raiders because Josh Jacobs was not picked up on his fifth year option. It looks like they're going to be trying to move Derek Carr. I don't trust josh mcdaniels as far as i could throw him right now in the management of that team and the offense so i'm gonna go with zamir white running back for the las vegas raiders mainly on the fact that he could be the rb1 in las vegas next season and we've seen how valuable that running back position can be in every year that josh mcdaniels has been a head coach we saw no sean moreno in his season in Denver, get 250-plus carries. We've seen what he can do with Josh Jacobs, so I think Zamir White has some upside built into him a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong, this could be a completely wasted pick, but I'm okay with that in the third round because I'm looking for the upside and the chance to be a starter, and I think he is the highest potential guy out of the guys left in the running back situation.
0: Well, oh, and if they bring back Josh Jacobs, you got, you got his handcuff. And so, which seems like a very valuable position right now with the way that they have things shaken out. And so, um, you know, speaking of, of handcuffs, you know, this is another guy that's played really well. And so I'm going to take Donovan Knight. I think he's earned a role in that offense. I don't think he's going to take too much off of Brees Hall's plate, but Brees Hall coming back next year, do not expect to see him get 30 touches week one. And so Donovan Knight is going to have some value. And if you got Brees Hall on your roster, you probably want to go. Hey, uh Brad, can I get uh Zonovan Knight? I'll give you a third. So I feel <laughs> like he's got some trade value now that he's actually shown shown up. Yep. What do you
1: got? Uh so I'm gonna take my the third tight end off the board here. And we saw him finally explode onto the scene yesterday. <laughs> Uh, in that game against the Atlanta Falcons. That's going to be Trey McBride, tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. He was the most touted, quote-unquote, tight end coming out of this class. He was the most uh, productive in college. He was the most explosive. He came in, but he went to a team that had Zach Ertz, well, look. Any team that's trying to compete, which the Arizona Cardinals, if you remember last season, they start out what eleven and zero or something crazy like that before they lost their first game, and they came out and and brought Zach Ertz in. They're not going to force a young rookie tight end in that situation when they don't have to. But we got to look Zacherts for his ACL. He's 32 coming off of that ACL injury. I think there's a world where Trey McBride is just the dude, right? And if he's not next year, it's definitely going to be the year after that when Zach Kurtz contract is up.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my pick. Um, you know, he's, he was the number one in this class for a reason. He's very productive and you pretty much got to throw out rookie numbers for all tight ends. George Kittle didn't do crap his rookie year. Travis Kelsey didn't crap his rookie year. Most most do not. It yep. takes a little while. And so you got you to be patient with tight ends. And so I would always draft a rookie tight end in my startup and then get a veteran that I could at least bridge the next two or three years. And I'm taking Daniel Bellinger. Um, I like what I've been seeing from Daniel Bellinger in this offense. He's someone that this regime brought in. And he missed half the season due to a, due a pretty significant injury. And when he's on the field, he gets targets. He plays. Like, it, it is not like he's sprinkled in. He's a good blocker. He's a good route runner. And, yeah, he's had a couple big drops. But other than that, this guy's been he's been lights out. And he's had, he's had three or four touchdowns on the year. Uh, I, I like Daniel Bellinger a lot.
1: Two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns on the year. Um, yeah, I love that pick. I mean, there's a world where he ends up, you know, when it's all said and done, being the better tight end out of this class uh, from a career standpoint. Uh, I think Brian DeBall, again, I give him a lot of props when I look at the coaching staffs for all of these tight ends. In my opinion, he's already proven he's the best one out of all of them. Uh, so I, I really like uh, that that call there. So for me, uh, we saw some quarterbacks go in orders that we may not have thought, right? We saw Kenny Pickett go, and then Brock Purdy is the second quarterback, and then Desmond Ritter is the third. And I'm actually going to take a guy who's filled in for a couple weeks and look good, but it's more about the philosophy that the New England Patriots instill. And that is, I'm going to show you my backup quarterback, and Then I'm gonna sell my backup quarterback in year two or year three, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, we got Matt Castle, we got all these quarterbacks that are going to other teams as starters that may or may not turn out, right? You think about Ryan, uh, he was an Arkansas quarterback they had that Ryan Mallet, Ryan Mallet, right? That how is New England doing this? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now a guy that throws for almost six yards in college and 60 touchdowns and then comes in and looks pretty freaking good in his starts while Mac Jones was out just makes sense to me that this dude could be a hot commodity on the market at some point in time in his career and I think the middle of the second to get a guy that has that upside that we saw he he was startable in those starts uh, for the New England Patriots. So I like Bailey Zappi. I liked him coming out of Western Kentucky as a Hilltopper. Uh, and at the 306, I'm okay taking that shot based on who's left on the board.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if Mac Jones gets hurt, he's, you know, shown they can be serviceable in that offense. I'm going to take Jalen Warren here. Um, Jalen Warren looks good and he runs hard. I think he had 12 or 14 fantasy points last night as the backup to Najee Harris. Um, He's the guy in the backfield behind Najee Harris. It's not Benny Snell. And yep. it's been pretty clear. And so next year it should be the same thing. And he's just another one of those running backs where, you know, you, you want to see the production on the field. And once you see it, other people are interested. So he's going to have some value in your drafts and, and some people want.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with another tight end here at the 308. I'm going to go with a guy that is a little slender. He's a little smaller from a tight end perspective, but this dude is explosive. We saw him catch another touchdown for the Baltimore Ravens. That makes three for the season behind Mark Andrews. Obviously, that's going to be Isaiah Likely tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. And I just think there's a world where they look and say, we can't keep this guy. We shouldn't. Keep this guy off the field. Let's figure out how to run some two tight end sets. And you saw that this week uh, where he ended up playing about 30, it looks like 33% of snaps, right? The guy played a decent amount of snaps with Mark Andrews there. When Lamar Jackson's back, when Rashad Bateman's back, I don't know if the passing volume is going to be there to support him, but as a fill-in for Mark Andrews, if Mark Andrews get hurt and misses time, I think he's an explosive enough player that you should feel comfortable plugging him into your lineup. Yeah,
0: no, I like that. And the team, that's another team that has a type. You know, yeah. Move the Sticks talks about, you know, hey, some people they shop at Dillard's, some people shop at Belks. Well, Baltimore Ravens, they shop at Alabama and you know they they have an they have a type every every draft you can put money that they're going to draft someone from Alabama but they also are going to draft tight ends and this offense is built around Lamar Jackson so what do they do they draft linemen they draft tight ends and they draft fullbacks and they're building this offense around Lamar Jackson and likely is one of those they drafted Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews the same year they drafted Isaiah likely they also drafted another tight end this year. Forget the name of the other guy, but the Ravens always have ninety-seven picks with all those compensatory picks they get, and <laughs> uh, so they'll just they'll draft another another two tight ends in a couple of years. Yep. I took Rah- you know Raheed Shahid over there in um, New Orleans. He's he's a guy that people didn't know about. I didn't know about. I'm like, who is this guy? I know he's a rookie. This guy right here came from a small school. And I just saw a couple plays, and I'm just like, this guy looks like he belongs in the league. You know, when these guys go and they score, and it just looks like just like another day in the park for them, and then you see him do it again next week. All right, all right. So Shahid's got the speed that we're looking for. I like guys with speed. And pairing him with Olave, I think they're going to be the future there in the New Orleans for the pass catching.
1: All right, you talk speed. You yeah, talk speed. I'm going with a speed guy here, and that's going to be Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Look, Love he's that. getting he's getting sprinkled in, and guess what? Jacoby Myers, free agent. Devontae Parker. I think they're ready to move on from. Right, Johnu Smith, garbage. Hunter Henry, garbage. That, what do they have left other than Tyquan Thornton? I think he's going to walk into some volume, and the fact that you can get him at the three ten is this dude. This tells me he's a buy in the off season. That's what this tells me right now, based on where he's been, where he fell to, where I could get him from, what the upside is, and what the situation for the wide receiver room in New England looks like.
0: Yeah, no, I was definitely thinking about him a couple times, but I was a couple guys I just wanted to talk about. Um, and speaking of guys, I want to talk about Jordan Mason. He's another guy. I mean, this guy comes from a small school, undrafted and yesterday scores touchdown and he's just running around the end zone. Like he does this every week. And so I love the confidence. We've seen two touchdowns in the last few weeks from him and the backup to Christian McCaffrey is a very valuable position. Elijah Mitchell's there, but Elijah Mitchell can't stay on the field. Jordan Mason is that guy that you want to have if you have Christian McCaffrey. They, they did it again. Third-round pick on Tyrion Davis-Price. Third-round yeah. pick on Trey Sermon. Third-round pick on that, uh, I think it was Williams out of Utah a few years ago.
1: Jonathan, Jonathan Williams, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So th- these guys, they 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 like these undrafted guys, quick guys, um, but he's got a little power to him as well. Uh, Last pick, last pick, Brad.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the running back position for a very similar situation as what you said now with Jordan Mason. Look, this is a guy that nobody knew about, right? People saw and was like, "Ah, well, this guy should not be drafted. He was the third, maybe even fourth, if I think about it, running back behind Damian Williams, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, and that is Caleb Huntley. Running back for the Arizona, Arizona, because I saw Keontae Ingram on there. Uh, Running back for the Atlanta Falcons. And look, this guy has proven that he deserves a spot on the roster in Atlanta. He is averaging the same yards per carry as what Tyler Algier is. So he's just as good. We saw him produce just as many numbers. It's so bad he's not even in the list of players. Is he a rookie? I thought so. I don't think he is. No, oh, no. Seriously? I don't Ooh. think so. All right. Well, hang on. We'll... All right. Well, I'll, I'll go somewhere else then. I'll go somewhere else. And I, I didn't really want to go here. But again, this is a guy that is probably going to walk into some volume if he can be healthy In the Green Bay offense, we've seen him catch some passes. We saw him be a go-to guy a couple games for Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to be Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. They liked him enough early on to where he was more of the guy, quote-unquote, as bad as the Packers were playing. He was the guy ahead of Christian Watson. If you remember back to week one, Christian Watson dropped that deep ball, and they kind of they said, all right, dude, you're going on a bench. You're playing very minimal right now. Romeo Dobbs is going to be the guy. And Romeo Dobbs put together a couple good games. He's a rookie. I don't expect him to do it every week. Then he ran into some health issues. So if he could be the wide receiver two in a high-power offense, if it's still led by Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, I think that's a pretty valuable place to be. And to get that at the 312, i twelve. I'm totally fine with that. Now I've got to look and see if Huntley's a rookie.
0: He's not. 2021, he was an undrafted free agent out of Ball State. Damn
1: it. So it was last year. Yeah. Son of a gun. All right. That's Damn. all right.
0: That's all right. I was going to go with Keontae Ingram because I do think Keontae Ingram is a very interesting piece next year. He was one of my sleepers coming into the into the year, but he was behind James Conner and behind you know all, all those running backs over there in Arizona. Seen him play a little bit. He's shown a little bit. Um, so I think Keontae Ingram was my my last guy. But uh we're gonna get out of here. Brad's next guy would have been David Bell. Come on, we all
1: know this. <laughs> I was waiting uh, for it. Yeah, no, I I just I just can't do it right now, man. He it's
0: listen, it's sad for me about. to not see Isaiah Spiller on this board, but I cannot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay.
0: I wasted so much draft capital on Isaiah Spiller. I'm glad that I glad that I didn't get more than i did yeah well um everyone good luck tonight uh thanks for hanging out with us rest of this whole season make sure you check out sgpn fantasy football make sure you subscribe give us a like any comments would be appreciated
1: cheers see you next season